0: You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R dot net. And use the code boncoeurcitycast20.
1: It finally stopped raining, and now everyone wants to visit us. I'm personally hosting something like 5 people just in the next month alone. So, where do you take your first-time Portland visitors? Today on CityCast Portland, lead producer John Itariani and audio producer Julia Fioglioni join me to talk about the best places to take friends and family visiting. So, you know, they could get that Portland experience. It's Wednesday, May 24th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. John, Julia, welcome back to your show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks, Claudia. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about our favorite places to take newcomers or visitors to get that Portland experience. It's my favorite thing to do, especially as of late, because then you get to be like, surprise, it's not awful it's actually a pretty great city.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You you said uh, to show people that it's not awful. And I feel like the people who think that Portland is awful are not the people who visit me. The people (laughs) who visit are the ones who are like, I heard you live in the most amazing place in the entire world. And I need to see how amazing this place is. And which is such a fun way to host guests just to be like, yes, I will show you around. Mm. Um, And and, and I think for me, the, the thing that kind of nails it isn't necessarily my favorite personal place in Portland, but it's the place that I think gets the vibe the most. And that's the Portland Japanese garden. Mm-hmm. You ever you ever make it down there? Mm-hmm. It's it's just so gorgeous and 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 uh peaceful. And depending on the time of year, it can look really different. If you go in the fall and the leaves are changing, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And and it just feels like you are in this. Pacific Northwest fairy tale land, but it's also really accessible. It's not like a hike that's going to break somebody's uh, spirit because they're out in the wilderness for so long. It's it's an easy way to sort of whisk people through the area, and it's just really beautiful, and everybody always likes it and is impressed.
2: Mm -hmm. What about you, Julia? I've been to the Japanese gardens a few times, and I totally know what you mean, John, but for me, I couldn't think of a more opposite Portland fave to bring a newcomer.
0: Oh boy. I would
2: take my visitors to the Goodfoot on Southeast Stark.
0: Mm. For some mm-hmm. reason,
2: when I think of showing someone a good time in Portland, it involves dancing and music and good bar food. So uh, this spot's a personal fave for me because upstairs there's a pool table, pinball, rotating local art on the walls. So it's a very like Portland y feeling bar. But downstairs in the basement, there's live music and events. Um, almost every night for you to kind of just like pop in and see if you want to go. If you're upstairs already enjoying yourself and all that included, there's also baby doll pizza next door. So after you're a few beers in, you can choose to go grab a pizza with your friends. It's, it makes for a really good experience. You don't really have to go anywhere else if you want to go for a night out. Mm-hmm. Would you, would you take your parents there though? You know, I wouldn't mind taking them there probably for like an <laughs> earlier night. They've They get it. They would enjoy themselves. Oh, Julie's got cool parents, everybody. (laughs) Julie's got some cool parents. Shout out my mom and dad. (laughs) They'd get it. They'd appreciate it, which is sweet. It's like it's not too um, intense of a place where you can bring quite a few different types of people there.
1: Yeah, I I bring that up because it's – I realize that like – It depends where you take people. Your favorite places is like, oh, your favorite place to take your parents or, you know, adults or people that are older than you. Just as John said, because it might be a bit more accessible um, if they're not triathletes. Um, Mine kind of is a catch-all for everything, and it is um, Mount Tabor. For one, you get that sweet, like, walk-up. I get to tell you all about how Mount Tabor is an extinct, you know, volcano. I get to sound smart. I show people the reservoirs. <laughs> I tell them they're not used anymore, and I get to tell them fun people pee in their stories. And then,
0: <laughs> as featured on previous episodes of yeah, CityCast as, Portland, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: I look. I'm I'm like a tour guide here, and then I wrap them up. We go all the way to the top. They see a beautiful view, and if it is like peak summer, um, the is it push pull the the piano place? You know the pl- the piano project that like puts a. Uh, Pianos in in really awesome places in the Mm -hmm, summer. mm -hmm. Um, They usually have one at the top.
2: Oh, no way. And I have
1: friends who actually like uh, program concerts for them. Like you can go see them play Bach or you can go see them play their own music. And uh, so then you're getting serenaded. It's usually around sunset and they're playing the piano. And then you're seeing... People do weird calisthenics on one end. It's just like, it's so Portland because everyone's enjoying the same space in their own way.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like the triple threat of Portland because you can get like a pretty view. You can Mm -hmm. do like a little hikey hike, you know. You're not going to necessarily do like an all-day hike, but you can get out and walk around and walk some trails. And you can also do some like lounging in the grass and like bring a picnic blanket.
1: Yeah. So what about – you pick up your friends. I don't know about you, but I pick up my friends from the airport just because it's so easy. We, I think we have like the, the our airport is the easiest to access. It's not like dropping someone off at LAX or something. Um, but when I pick up my friends from the airport, I always ask like, are you guys hungry? Mm-hmm. Are you thirsty? Like, what do you guys need? Sometimes they're just like, just take me back. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, or sometimes they're just like, yeah, I could eat. Um, do you guys have a first place after leaving airport spot?
0: Yes, and this is the one I'm going to jump in, and I want to go first because this go is the it. answer that I am most excited about. The number one place that everybody should go when they leave PDX is Gartner's Country Meat Market.
2: What? <laughs> Gartner-
0: Gartner's okay. Country Meat Market. It's I've this, heard of
1: Gartner's. Yes. a
0: spot on Lombard, and it's like a very, very old school oh butcher shop that has, you know, just like you know cases and cases of everything you could get but you can go in there and you can just like get a sausage a cooked one (laughs) a cooked sausage yeah okay okay it's like my 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 sister did this for me once when she picked me up from the airport we got out of the airport and within like six minutes we were at Gartner's Country Meat Market (laughs) and we got like a sausage in a bun and ate it on my way home and it is the the best you just got off a plane you want something that's sort of like meaty and fatty. It's right there. It's like it's like a weird old school place. So it's kind of fun to go in and you're like, "Whoa, I'm somewhere different now." And then you get this delicious snack to eat on the way home.
1: I love that place. They have these uh cheesy hot dogs that yes. are kind of like legendary at, at all uh, you know, barbecues. Like someone's like, "Oh, did you get the cheesy hot dogs?" Well, okay, you know, sometimes they got jalapenos in them. Yeah, that place is amazing. I, I I also feel like you might have a special feeling or a special love of that because your sister did it for you. Yeah. I mean, that's so sweet. sweet.
0: It was really nice. Thanks, Molly.
2: (laughs) What about you, Julia? (laughs) So if it was an evening flight, so I'm assuming they got in late, my first spot would be to take them to my father's place. I think it's just like a really funky, cozy, Portland-y opening to the trip. They're open late. They have great diner food. The environment's um, not too rowdy in any way. Uh, It just feels like a, a good way to give them a first- Introduction, it's on Southeast Grand. Uh, but if it was a morning flight and I really wanted to wow them, I would take them to Tav Coffee on Southeast Hawthorne. Hmm. It's a double-decker bus, um, oh. traditional Egyptian and Turkish style coffee shop. It's my by far my favorite place to get coffee in the city. Um, the coffee's incredible, the environment's very like um, very calming. So it'd be a nice like post-flight place to just kind of unwind. Um, And there's so much to do in that area, even if you wanted to go for a walk right after.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are great places. Uh, What about just in general? I feel like we're already like moving here. Uh, Food and drink. Like what are your favorite restaurants? Like what are the – you have to eat here. You didn't eat in Portland places uh, that you take your guests John, why don't you go first? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's This is like so tricky because there's sort of like high Portland and low Portland and like in the middle Portland. I, I think I'm going to sort of go towards the center, which is like not the fanciest place, but somewhere that is really just like feels like a nice Portland spot is Navarre. Do you know this? This oh, yeah. French the place the on twenty eighth. Um it's a French restaurant and like has a really great wine list. Um it's attached to Angel Face, which is one of my favorite cocktail bars in Mm -hmm. the city. Um, I think they might have fused into just being the same business over the course of the pandemic. But it's like an a la carte place, right? So you just order a bunch of different small plates. And and it's this food that is like so simply done, but is just like perfectly delicious. I remember there was Mm -hmm. this dish that I got that was just some radishes. And it was just cooked (laughs) radishes with salt and butter, which – sounds like it would be the most boring thing in the world but it was so good and it, and it's just uh they have outdoor seating so you can sort of sit on 28th um but it's just like a really nice meal and you can sort of eat a ton of food or you can just like have a snack have like some some olives and bread and butter and a glass of yeah.
1: water mm-hmm. yeah it's also just really great people watching i feel like in my head when you take someone to eat unless the the food is amazing you don't take them to like this is their industrial area where you might get murdered. You take someone to like, look at this awesome <laughs> part of this city. And I feel like that's a really cool part 28th and
2: and uh, whatchamacallit, Burnside.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Julia? Where, where would you take someone to eat?
2: Yeah, talking about those different districts to show off, my two picks are um, on North Mississippi Avenue and in Southeast Division. So to start with uh, Southeast Division, my go-to spot for food would be Ruthie's food cart. So it's this little uh, wood-fired food-based food food cart tucked away in this alleyway um, on this little patio. And the owner bases his food menu items uh, off of what's available seasonally, but also his own grandma's cooking. And it's incredible. But what makes it really special is that it's on this little patio that's also shared with a, a bar space. The bar is called Someday. And you can bring the food from the food cart inside the bar and have drinks in there and eat as well, or you can stay outside on the patio. And it feels like this like really sweet community space. Everybody's having a good time. Um, and it gives you options on where you can eat depending on what the weather is. Um, that one for sure. And then the next one I have to shout out, Lovely's Fifty Fifty. Um, the area is great, but also the pizza is just to die for. We all know that. But what makes it great is also because they're a little bit busier, sometimes there is a wait. So there's a bar next door called Interurban that you can go and grab a drink at, some appetizers before you head into Lovelies. Um, Makes for a fabulous experience getting to see Mississippi as well. Mm. I love that.
1: Yeah. You know, you kind of hit it because I feel like you haven't visited Portland if you haven't gone to a, a fun food pod. And so I tend to take my guests to a food pod that I want to go to as well. <laughs> and so right now, if anyone came to visit me, like right now I take them to, um, I'm really into Arbor look. So that is a newish mm. food pod on Greeley. And you wouldn't just from like walking through, you wouldn't know that it exists, but there's a place called like bottles and cans, which is like a beer and wine and like cider bottle shop. And there is, if you go towards the back, connected to this bottle shop is this wonderful pod. It's just beautiful and it feels very, um, there's something about it that it feels a little like Mexican, and I think it's because they actually have like these Mexican, uh, you know, like paper artwork, and there's and mm-hmm. most of the and most of the um, food carts are Mexican, but that's actually where Wonder Boy Smokehouse uh, or you know that barbecue place is, and mm-hmm. I mean that place is some of the best barbecue in town, mm-hmm. and I feel like that was like the starting food cart, and then it was built around. So you also have Woodfire Pizza and like two excellent Mexican food uh, places. And there's a window right there for, for for Frosé, for beer, for wine from the bottle shop. And I just think it's like one of the, it's not huge. It's just like enough to get like what you were saying, Julia, just to get that feeling of like, I'm somewhere and I'm in a community. And I feel like to me, that's the best thing that Portland can offer someone who's maybe doesn't feel that in their own city, you know, is Uh is like that connection of like, we all hang out together, we have our dogs and like, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the thing that's cool about Arbor look is that it, it's, you know, pretty deep in the neighborhood up on Greeley, right? It's not like in the central city. And I think that it's the sort of place where, you know, if it's like right down the street from your house, you can be like, oh, here's this place that we can walk to that's just a couple blocks away. And if it's not, if it's like all the way on the other side of town, it's also cool to be like, let me take you to this like really awesome tiny little neighborhood nook. That you would never discover on your own, but I know where it is, even though it's like all the exactly. way across the city as well. Yeah,
1: and you can also walk to, you know, Willamette Boulevard, and you could see a beautiful view because those are like the other bluffs, you know, where mm-hmm. you just walk mm-hmm. through and they close the the uh, the streets just for bikes and people walking through. And so I feel like that's also a really gorgeous walk, just along Willamette Boulevard. You know, which, you know which one I'm talking
0: about, right? Yeah, yeah, the dog bowl.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well we used to call it Tick Valley, just beware because that's where that's where Ticks live. But I'm just talking about the street (laughs) itself. We, we our dog no longer is allowed to go there because every time she would come out, we find a tick on her and we're just like, no, thank you.
0: That's the full Portland experience. If you get somebody in from out of town, you got to introduce them to the local wildlife. It's part of it.
1: But yeah, no, the dog bowl for sure. But I just mean like walking on Willamette Boulevard is so nice because you see these really beautiful houses. You see, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you get to see a piece of the river, you know, it, it's just really nice. All right, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, let's talk about where to take your visitors in between the bigger ticket items.
0: I know that when
1: people come, you you usually have an agenda and it's usually based around food or or a show or something, you know. But there's always that time in between, between I'm not hungry, I can't drink anymore.
0: <laughs> like what is, For at least a couple hours, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. What's a good time killer activity? I'm going to go first just because... Uh, it's not new. It's something that actually Eden Dawn introduced this to me mm-hmm. uh, during our uh, dating episode. And uh, we'll definitely link to that episode because it's awesome. But I I tried it out. I had some um, some dear family, you know, friends come from Chicago and I took them to Crystal Springs Rhododendron Garden. It has the same kind of like, where am I feeling that um, I would say the Japanese garden does. And it's one of the most beautiful spaces I've been in. It's only $5 to go in. And especially in you know spring or summer, it's it's where you want to go. You can dogs are allowed on leashes. You can pack a picnic,
2: you know. So it's it's just a real nice uh, spot.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I love that spot. So so beautiful. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, mine's pretty similar in terms of the type of activity I would do to kill some time with uh, visitors and John mentioned this earlier, but I would actually take people to Washington Park, which right above Washington Park is where the Japanese gardens are. So uh, the reason why I'd pick that area is because not only is there Washington Park, there's the Japanese gardens, the Rose Gardens, Pittock Mansion. You could see a skyline view of Portland. There's so many different little uh, outdoor garden space areas to sit and enjoy, walk through and enjoy. Um, and if that doesn't Really, kill all the time that you need. You can walk right down the hill and hang out at the shops and restaurants on Twenty Third and Twenty First um, off of Burnside. Mm. What about you, John? So
0: I feel like I already gave my like where I would take a parent or you know an aunt or an uncle when they're in town. So I'm gonna sort of pivot into like where you'd take your sort of rowdy friend, the person who's like <laughs> sleeping on your couch for a couple days. Uh, we would go to the bins. Oh no way. You take them to the bins. Where are they Heck gonna take yeah. all the stuff though? Like you just if visiting you. You just I mean, you know, you can get so the bins. This somebody actually <laughs> did this to me when I was visiting Portland before I lived here years and years ago. We rode bikes and went to the bins, which if you don't know, it's the Goodwill Outlets. Uh, the Goodwill Industries, you know, they collect like millions and millions of pounds of stuff every year and before it ends up in a goodwill store there's kind of these like warehouses where you can just go through and like dig through the bins of all of the crap that comes in and like it's mostly junk but you can find like really amazing stuff if you've got the time to just sort of go through it um and you can just like dig and dig and dig and you'll be like I found this amazing shirt and it's like insanely cheap. I found this, you know, (laughs) I don't know, like it's boomerang. Like who who knows what you're (laughs) going to find in the bins, but you can like (laughs) spend an hour there. You can spend two hours there. You can spend all day there. Just like digging for treasures. I have this friend who has a birthday tradition that he, um, makes himself a mimosa in a water bottle and goes to the bins on his birthday. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: That's
1: that is incredible. an amazing tradition. <laughs>
0: and for somebody who's, like, trying to, like, live on the cheap, you could just, like, spend all day browsing at, like, the worst organized thrift store of all time and, like, maybe walk away with a few treasures.
1: You know, I always thought it was the things they couldn't sell at Goodwill. And for for some reason, I thought that was even funnier. <laughs> uh yeah i i haven't i haven't heard the bins since i was in my 20s so like i you just like seriously i felt like i was like whoa like i just got pulled back into time um yeah the bins are something special julia have you been there yet no not yet i've heard of
2: them though oh julia you gotta go this is an experience <laughs> i know you must it. Sounds go. like it. i gotta get my yeah. uh, to go mimosa and, and head over <laughs> Yeah. You could tell the
1: professionals because they're wearing gloves and, like, goggles to dive through. It's
0: not not a bad idea to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't know what you're sticking your hands into. Yeah, I
1: don't go to the bins anymore, but now I'm feeling nostalgic for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So what about a day trip outside the city? Let's say they're coming to visit you in Portland. You're like, cool, but have you heard of this other place that's not Portland? Uh, Do you guys have – because I do. I have one or two things I always, uh, you know, I, I ask my guests, like, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? Um, What about you guys? Like, where where would you take a pal outside the city for a day trip? Uh,
0: my favorite day trip, a little bit further, but I love going to the coast. And my specific spot is uh, Neatarts Bay, mm. you know, and, and that whole area right there. Um it's not as built up as a lot of the rest of the coast. Like just to the north of Neatarts is this beautiful beach in Oceanside. And there's like two tiny restaurants in this little, little town um, that you can go and hang out. It's never super crowded. Um, and you can get the most – that's where I go when I want to like take people on an oyster Trip because mm-hmm. there's like a gas station in Neathearts that has oysters that have come like right out of the bay no right way. there, and you can get like uh, a dozen oysters for like next to nothing. And just take them, pay for them at the gas station, and then go and eat them on the beach. That is like a super, super easy, like fun, special little day trip that I like.
1: If you don't, if you know, you know, you know, because gas station oysters, they really do hit the spot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you find the right gas station, I think there's a lot of situations you do not want to eat a gas station oyster, but it's definitely not a rule of thumb. (laughs) Yeah.
2: What about you, Julia? Mine is also a coast trip. I just, I adore Cannon Beach. I know it's like very touristy and everyone knows about it, even if you're not someone who lives in Portland. But my favorite thing about going to Cannon Beach is the drive. It's this perfect, perfect little drive through the city, uh, up through like the Northwest Hills, through the suburbs, then into farmland, then you're in the forest. And then out of nowhere, you're just on the coast. And every single time I've done that drive, I've fallen in love with it more and more. And I found out recently, this last time that I went, that there are actually herds of elk that come out in the evening time when the sun is setting
0: on Mm. the coast
2: itself. And you'll be walking down and you'll see like what must have been 40 different families of elk just... Grazing, and they're completely unbothered by people coming out and crowding them to take pictures and whatever. And they're just these beautiful, majestic beings. Um, but my tip, if you're choosing to go to Cannon Beach, uh, there's a certain route where, in this little rural farm town, there is a Dairy Queen, and I swear it—it it looks like it hasn't been touched since the 1920s. It's like a complete time warp. Um, feels like you're time traveling, it's so worth it to stop there and just get like a basket of fries and chicken on your way. And it makes it feel like more of a road trip, even though it's only like a 70-mile drive. Um, but that whole experience to me is just very special, and I always want to share that with people. Oh, yeah. Well... My day trip, you know, what's so funny, you guys,
1: is I was also going to say the coast. I think that should should alert everyone who's just like, oh, where should I take, you know, my mother or my friends who w- want to see more of Oregon. Um, the coast is perfect. But what I tend to do is I go uh, to Cannon or a little further south, but I drive all the way up to Astoria and I show them Astoria. And like that is just people love it because mm-hmm. most people are just like, the, you know, the goonies, you know, yeah. and I get to show them like that's yeah, kindergarten cop and like whatever. But also Astoria is just a lovely town and you just stop there, you have a beer. I've actually been thanked, like taking people to Astoria like at the end of a coast trip and then being like, thank you for bringing us here. And that's never happened. Like no one's ever just looked <laughs> at me and sincerely looked into my eyes and thanked me for bringing them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I was like, "Oh." Um, but also the, another thing I like to do is we have a wonderful wine country and it's not that far away. So I love taking people wine tasting like for, you know, a day, take them, taking them out to Newburgh or or going to Gaston or wherever, and just and just uh, enjoying some of our wine. Uh, and people seem to really like that as mm-hmm. well.
0: Oh. Ah.
1: We live in a great place. We live in a great place. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much. I mean, um, those listening out there, like, where are your spots? Uh, where do you take people when they come visit? I'd love to hear them. Please shout them out. Uh, email them at portland at citycast.fm tweet them at us whatever I'd love to hear them just because it's just like this is good crowdsourcing you know <laughs> sometimes you're just like <laughs> I taken so many people to these places where else can I take them so I love hearing more uh, hot tips uh, but thank you thank you John and thank you Julia for being part of this uh, and uh, yeah we'll talk to you guys later
0: alright thanks Claudia
1: yeah thanks for having me And now for your microdose of news. There have been 85 deaths by drug overdose in Portland so far this year, according to Portland Police Bureau data. Now that's a 46% increase over the same period last year. The data also shows that deaths by overdose are outnumbering homicides by three to one. And could the Lloyd Center become a major league baseball stadium? The Portland Diamond Project has been having a hard time finding real estate for a stadium in town, but sources tell The Oregonian the group is now eyeing the shopping center. And this feels like one of those monkey paw situations for me because even though I've been endlessly wishing for our city to get our own MLB team, I didn't want it at the cost of the creative incubator the Lloyd Center has become. Will I ever know true happiness? For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed this show, share it with a friend or leave us a review. It really does help us out. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slims.